Part Two of the Snow Queen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. The Snow Queen and Other Stories by Hans Christian Andersen. Translated by H. B. Paul. The Snow Queen, Part Two. Third Story. The Flower Garden of the Woman Who Could Conjure. But how fared little Gerda during Kay's absence? What had become of him? No one knew, nor could anyone give the slightest information, excepting the boys, who said that he had tied his sledge to another very large one, which had driven through the street and out at the town gate. Nobody knew where it went. Many tears were shed for him, and little Gerda wept bitterly for a long time. She said she knew he must be dead, that he was drowned in the river which flowed close by the school. Oh, indeed, those long winter days were very dreary but at last spring came with warm sunshine kay is dead and gone said little gerda i don't believe it said the sunshine he is dead and gone she said to the sparrows we don't believe it they replied and at last little gerda began to doubt it herself i will put on my red shoes she said one morning those that kay has never seen and then i will go down to the river and ask for him it was quite early when she kissed her old grandmother who was still asleep then she put on her red shoes and went quite alone out of the town gates toward the river is it true that you have taken my little playmate away from me she said to the river i will give you my red shoes if you will give him back to me and it seemed as if the waves nodded to her in a strange manner then she took off her red shoes which she liked better than anything else and threw them both into the river but they fell near the bank and the little waves carried them back to the land just as if the river would not take from her what she loved best because they could not give her back little Kay but she thought the shoes had not been thrown out far enough then she crept into a boat that lay among the reeds and threw the shoes again from the farther end of the boat into the water but it was not fastened and her movement sent it gliding away from the land when she saw this she hastened to reach the end of the boat but before she could so it was more than a yard from the bank and drifting away faster than ever then little gerda was very much frightened and began to cry but no one heard her except the sparrows and they could not carry her to land but they flew along by the shore and sang as if to comfort her here we are here we are the boat floated with the stream little gerda sat quite still with only her stockings on her feet the red shoes floated after her but she could not reach them because the boat kept so much in advance the banks on each side of the river were very pretty there were beautiful flowers old trees sloping fields in which cows and sheep were grazing but not a man to be seen perhaps the river will carry me to little Kay, thought gerda and then she became more cheerful and raised her head and looked at the beautiful green banks and so the boat sailed on for hours at length she came to a large cherry orchard in which stood a small red house with strange red and blue windows it also had a thatched roof and outside were two wooden soldiers that presented arms to her as she sailed past gerda called out to them for she thought they were alive but of course they did not answer and as the boat drifted nearer to the shore she saw what they really were then gerda called still louder and there came a very old woman out of the house leaning on a crutch she wore a large hat to shade her from the sun and on it were painted all sorts of pretty flowers you poor little child said the old woman how did you manage to come all this distance into a wide world on such a rapid rolling stream and then the old woman walked in the water seized the boat with her crutch threw it to land and lifted gerda out and gerda was glad to feel herself on dry ground although she was rather afraid of the strange old woman come and tell me who you are said she and how came you here 
Then Gerda told her everything, while the old woman shook her head and said, Hem, hem. And when she had finished, Gerda asked if she had not seen little Kay, and the old woman told her he had not passed by that way, but he very likely would come. So she told Gerda not to be sorrowful, but to taste the cherries and look at the flowers. They were better than any picture-book, for each of them could tell a story. Then she took Gerda by the hand and led her into the little house, and the old woman closed the door. The windows were very high, and as the panes were red, blue, and yellow, the daylight shone through them in all sorts of singular colors. On the table stood beautiful cherries, and Gerda had permission to eat as many as she would. While she was eating them, the old woman combed out her long flaxen ringlets with a golden comb, and the glossy curls hung down on each side of the little round, pleasant face, which looked fresh and blooming as a rose. I have long wished for a dear little maiden like you, said the old woman, and now you must stay with me and see how happily we shall live together. And while she went on combing little Gerda's hair, she thought less and less about her adopted brother Kay, for the old woman could conjure, although she was not a wicked witch. She conjured only a little for her own amusement, and now, because she wanted to keep Gerda. Therefore she went into the garden and stretched out her crutch towards all the rose-trees, beautiful though they were, and they immediately sunk into the dark earth, so that no one could tell where they had once stood. The old woman was afraid that if little Gerda saw roses, she would think of those at home, and then remember little Kay, and run away. Then she took Gerda into the flower-garden. How fragrant and beautiful it was! Every flower that could be thought of for every season of the year was here in full bloom. No picture-book could have more beautiful colors. Gerda jumped for joy, and played till the sun went down behind the tall cherry-trees. Then she slept in an elegant bed with red silk pillows, embroidered with colored violets, and then she dreamed as pleasantly as a queen on her wedding-day. The next day and many days after, Gerda played with the flowers in the warm sunshine. She knew every flower, and yet, although there were so many of them, it seemed as if one were missing, but which it was, she could not tell. One day, however, as she sat looking at the old woman's hat with the painted flowers on it, she saw that the prettiest of all of them was the rose. The old woman had forgotten to take it from her hat, when she made all the roses sink into the earth. But it is difficult to keep the thoughts together in everything. One little mistake upsets all our arrangements. What? Are there no roses here? cried Gerda, and she ran out into the garden and examined all the beds, and searched and searched. There was not one to be found. Then she sat down and wept, and her tears fell just on the place where one of the rose-trees had sunk down. The warm tears moistened the earth, and the rose-tree sprouted up at once, as blooming as when it had sunk, and Gerda embraced it and kissed the roses, and thought of the beautiful roses at home, and with them of little Kay. Oh, how I've been detained! said the little maiden. I wanted to seek for little Kay. Do you know where he is? she asked the roses. Do you think he is dead? And the roses answered. No, he is not dead. We have been in the ground where all the dead lie. But Kay is not there. Thank you, said little Gerda, and then she went to the other flowers, and looked into their little cups and asked, Do you know where little Kay is? But each flower, as it stood in the sunshine, dreamed only of its own little fairy tale of history. Not one knew anything of Kay. Gerda heard many stories from the flowers, as she asked them one after another about him. And what said the tiger-lily? Hark! Do you hear the drum? Turn, turn! There are only two notes. Always. Turn, turn! Listen to the woman's song of mourning. Hear the cry of the priest. In her long red robe stands the Hindu widow by the funeral pile. The flames rise around her as she places herself on the dead body of her husband. But the Hindu woman is thinking of the living one in that circle, of him, her son, 
who lighted those flames those shining eyes trouble her heart more painfully than the flames which will soon consume her body to ashes can the fire of the heart be extinguished by the flames of the funeral pile i don't understand that at all said little gerda that is my story said the tiger lily what says the convolvulus near yonder narrow road stands an old knight's castle thick ivy creeps over the old ruined walls leaf over leaf even to the balcony in which stands a beautiful maiden she bends over the balustrade and looks up the road no rose on its stem is fresher than she no apple blossom wafted by the wind floats more lightly than she moves her rich silk rustles as she bends over and exclaims will he not come is it Kay you mean asked gerda i am only speaking of a story of my dream replied the flower what said the little snowdrop between two trees a rope is hanging there is a piece of board upon it it is a swing two pretty little girls in dresses white as snow and with long green ribbons fluttering from their heads are sitting upon it swinging the brother who is taller than they are stands in the swing he has one arm around the rope to steady himself in one hand he holds a little bowl in the other a clay pipe he is blowing bubbles as the swing goes on the bubbles fly upward reflecting the most beautiful varying colors the last still hangs from the bowl of the pipe and sways in the wind on goes the swing and then a little black dog comes running up he is almost as light as the bubble and he raises himself on his hind legs and wants to be taken into the swing but it does not stop and the dog falls and he barks and gets angry the children stoop towards him and the bubble bursts a swinging blank a light sparkling foam picture that is my story it may all be very pretty what you are telling me said little gerda but you speak so mournfully and you do not mention little Kay at all what do the hyacinths say there were three beautiful sisters fair and delicate the dress of one was red of the second blue and of the third pure white hand in hand they danced in the bright moonlight by the calm lake but they were human beings not fairy elves the sweet fragrance attracted them and they disappeared in the wood here the fragrance became stronger three coffins in which lay the three beautiful maidens glided from the thickest part of the forest across the lake the fireflies flew lightly over them like little floating torches do the dancing maidens sleep or are they dead the scent of the flower says that they are corpses the evening bell tolls the knell you make me quite sorrowful said little gerda your perfume is so strong you make me think of dead maidens ah is little Kay really dead then the roses have been in the earth and they say no cling clang told the hyacinth bells we are not tolling for little Kay. we do not know him we sing our song the only one we know then gerda went to the buttercups that were glittering amongst the bright green leaves you are little bright suns said gerda tell me if you know where i can find my playfellow and the buttercups sparkled gaily and looked again at gerda what song could the buttercups sing it was not about Kay. the bright warm sun shone on a little court on the first warm day of spring his bright beams rested on the white walls of the neighboring house and close by loomed the first yellow flower of the season glittering like gold in the sun's warm ray an old woman sat in her armchair at the house door and her granddaughter a poor and pretty servant-maid came to see her for a short visit when she kissed her grandmother there was gold everywhere the gold of the heart is that holy kiss it was a golden morning there was gold in the beaming sunlight gold in the leaves of the lowly flower and on the lips of the maiden there that is my story said the buttercup my poor old grandmother said gerda she is longing to see me and grieving for me as she did for little Kay. but i shall soon go home now and take little Kay with me 
it is no use asking the flowers they know only their own songs and can give no information and then she tucked up her little dress that she might run faster but the narcissus caught her by the leg as she was jumping over it so she stopped and looked at the tall flower and said perhaps you may know something and then she stooped down quite close to the flower and listened and what did he say i can see myself i can see myself said the narcissus oh how sweet is my perfume up in a little room with a bow window stands a little dancing girl half undressed she stands sometimes on one leg sometimes on both and looks as if she would tread the whole world under her feet she is nothing but delusion she is pouring water out of a teapot on a piece of stuff which she holds in her hand it is her bodice cleanliness is a good thing she says her white dress hangs on a peg it has also been washed in the teapot and dried on the roof she puts it on and ties a saffron-coloured handkerchief around her neck which makes the dress look whiter see how she stretches out her legs as if she were showing off on a stem i can see myself i can see myself what do i care for all that said gerda you need not tell me such stuff and then she ran to the other end of the garden the door was fastened but she pressed against the rusty latch and it gave way the door sprang open and little gerda ran out with bare feet into the wide world she looked back three times but no one seemed to be following her at last she could run no longer so she sat down to rest on a great stone and when she looked round she saw that summer was over and autumn very far advanced she had known nothing of this in the beautiful garden where the sun shone and the flowers grew all the year round oh how i've wasted my time said little gerda it is autumn i must rest no longer and she rose up to go on but her feet were wounded and sore and everything around her looked so cold and bleak the long willow leaves were quite yellow the dewdrops fell like water leaf after leaf dropped from the trees the sloes one alone still bore fruit but the sloes were sour and set the teeth on edge oh how dark and weary the whole world appeared End of part two of the snow queen recording by ellie december two thousand and nine